Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us as we take a look at the book. I enjoy studying God's prophetic word, and I'm sure you do as well, because that's why you've joined us today as we look at Esau and the Palestinians. Now, that's the title of a five-hour audio series that I have on CD, available to you, by the way. In a moment, I'll tell you how you can get your copy. But we're going to study from that series, from Malachi to Matthew. There was 400 years of silence between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, from Malachi to Matthew. It's a very important study. You need to understand what went on during that time and how from Malachi to Matthew, the Bible is bridged by the final prophecy in the Old Testament. Well, we're going to get to that in just a moment. I want to remind you that you can get your copy of Esau and the Palestinians, and I'll tell you all about that after we have our study. But right now, let's study from Malachi to Matthew. Now go to Daniel chapter 11. Let me show you the second prophecy. Two prophecies had to be fulfilled during this 500 years of silence. Daniel chapter 11. I talked about Daniel 11 a bit this morning. In my opinion, one of the most prophetic chapters in all the Word of God. Unbelievably packed with prophecy. I love it. I want to look at uh, the prophecy before the Antichrist. Remember, first two verses are talking about Ahasuerus. 57 years before Ahasuerus comes on the scene, Daniel writes about it. Then it talks about, in verses 3 and 4, Alexander the Great, because it talks about one who's going to come to power, and when he dies, his kingdom is going to be divided towards the four winds. And that, of course, is Alexander the Great, and Daniel prophesied about Alexander the Great 200 years before that happened. That's why the critics want to say that Daniel was written later than when it was really written. Because they say, you can't prophesy like that. You can't tell like, well, either Daniel prophesied the way he said, or Jesus Christ didn't know what he was talking about. Because Jesus Christ confirmed his prophecy in the 15th verse of chapter 24 of Matthew. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, that's a pretty good authentication, Jesus Christ doing it. And now he prophesied about Alexander the Great, whose kingdom will be divided into four parts when he dies. And then he prophesies about uh, the king of the north and the king of the south, and moving on down Antiochus the Great. We come now to verse 21, and we see a prophecy about Antiochus Epiphanes. Doesn't name his name here, but it talks about a man who was going to come to power. Antiochus Epiphanes was one of, they call him Antiochus the Madman. He killed his own brother so he could come to power. He was a madman. We have a lot of madmen today alive. He was a madman. He decides he's going to take over. You see, when Alexander the Great's kingdom was divided into four parts, and the book of Daniel talks all about that, when it was divided into four parts, it was north, south, east, and west. Basically, two of those four divisions became powerful, the king of the north and the king of the south. It talks about it in Daniel chapter 11. The king of the north is what we would know as modern-day Syria. The king of the south is what we would know as modern-day Egypt. Those two came to power. Antiochus Epiphanes was the leader of the king of the north are coming out of Syria. If you were paying attention the other day, I said that Esau was the product 
of a Syrian mother. Isaac married Rebekah the Syrian, sent Jacob away, 27th chapter of the book of Genesis, to her brother Laban the Syrian. Interesting connections in all of this. And so Antiochus Epiphanes comes to power over Syria. He then decides that he is going to take control of Judah. He comes into Jerusalem. He sees this temple. Same thing Nebuchadnezzar saw. They can't understand. And by the way, if you're going to conquer a country, you know what you do? You destroy their religious edifice first, and then all of their history. You wipe it to the ground. I want to tell you that's going on in the Middle East as I speak. Unbelievable. And so Antiochus Epiphanes says, I've got to take control of this religious life that these Jews are living. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. They're too dedicated to it. So what he decides to do is to go into the temple. He goes into the temple. He desecrates the temple. This is a prototype of the abomination of desolation. He actually takes a pig, a pig which is an unkosher animal. He pulls out his dagger. He slits the belly of the plague open, takes the innards of the pig, and throws it on the altar, desecrating the temple. He did that on Kesloff 25. That's the Jewish month of December. December the 25th, 168 B.C. Meanwhile, as prophesied by Daniel chapter 11, some mighty men would come to power. Matthias Maccabees, Judas Maccabees, Simeon Maccabee comes to power. Matthias Maccabee said, I'm not going to do what these people are talking about. In fact, Matthias Maccabee, just outside the city of Jerusalem, he was, Antiochus Epiphanes, was making the Jewish people offer pigs in sacrifice. And one of them was getting ready to do it just outside of Jerusalem. Matthias Maccabee ran up behind him, took his dagger, and stabbed the Jew to death before he ever desecrated the temple with a pig being offered as a sacrifice. Matthias, Judas, Simeon, all of his sons finally defeated Antiochus Epiphanes. Three years to the day after he took over the temple, Keslov 25, 165 B.C., they walk into the temple. The temple has now been desecrated. They're going to re-consecrate the temple. They look around. There's a menorah standing there. What are we going to do? How are we going to light the menorah? They find a little flask of oil. They pick it up. There's enough in there to keep the menorah burning for one day. They put it in the menorah, and it burns for eight days. And so they establish Hanukkah, the Jewish holy day. Or maybe you've heard it called the Feast of Dedication. Or possibly you've heard it called the Feast of Lights. Those are three synonymous terms. Hanukkah, Feast of Dedication, Feast of Lights. John chapter 10, Jesus Christ goes up to Jerusalem at the Feast of Dedication, the Feast of Lights. Isn't that interesting where that's placed? John chapters 8, 9, and 11, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Chapter 10, he celebrates the Feast of Lights. This gives me goosebumps to think how all this stuff comes together. Man, it's so good, I can't stand it. All right. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, you know how they selected the 25th 
of December for Christmas at a church council 200 years after Christ went to heaven. They selected December the 25th, the Feast of Lights, the Feast of Dedication. And as Paul Harvey says, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I love that. I ought to write for Paul. Anyway. I'm so glad that you could spend a few moments with us studying the Word of God. Would you like to have your own copy of this five-hour audio series entitled Esau and the Palestinians? It's on CD, so you can use it at home or in the car as you travel. Again, the title, Esau and the Palestinians. If you'd like to make your order, we have a toll-free number that you can call and tell the people that answer, hey, you want to order Esau and the Palestinians. That toll-free number is 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America, so feel free to use that phone number. Again, 877-674-3298. Or remember, you can go to our website and order from our shopping mall. The address of our website, Prophecy Today. Dot com. Thanks again for joining us for this Bible study together from the prophetic passages of God's Word, which continue to help us understand the times in which we're living. And those times seem to indicate to us from God's Word and current events unfolding that will be setting the stage for these prophecies that we've been studying together, that we're quickly approaching the time when Christ will come back. The rapture, the next main event in God's calendar of activities when he calls us up in the heavenlies to be with him forevermore. And that event could happen in the next moment. And the truth is, after saying that, what else is there for me to say except let's keep looking up until...